0: I'm Eliza Giles. You're listening to Mud Season, a podcast from the Center for Research on Vermont.
1: The program is in touch. I'm Jenny McGee, and with us today... This is Vermont Edition. I'm Jane Lindholm.
0: And now, from high above the start-finish line
1: at Ontario, here is Ken Squire. So if you look at the ownership of radio stations in Vermont in the mid-1970s, what you will find is that a lot of families own these small businesses. It was almost all family owned and the families felt a obligation and a commitment to the local communities to have public affairs and news programming uh, on a lot of the schedule.
0: That's Bob Kinzel. He started in radio in Vermont in the 1970s and had a firsthand look at the 40 plus family owned radio stations that used to dominate the Vermont radio market. On Mud Season Today, we launch a new series, examining the changing media landscape of Vermont, starting with radio. Today, radio stations are segmented by genre, country, rock, talk, etc. They are nationally owned, and local content is scarce. In those days, each station was its own place, with a wide variety of sounds. Take WJOY, where Bob worked in the early 80s, the South Burlington station.
1: Each person who was on the air had their own personality, and it was a very odd mixture of programming at WJOI. For instance, in the morning, from six to nine for music, the person would play barbershop quartets. The person who came on after that played what was considered in those days to be country and Western. So there was lots of Johnny Cash, all sorts of uh, traditional country artists. I came on in the afternoon and, and on my show was playing FM music on AM. So I was there playing Fleetwood Mac and the Grateful Dead and Jefferson Airplane. And then the person who followed me at night played Top 40. So you had this incredible variety of music at this station. probably ran against every thought that any radio consultant ever had.
0: And so much news. Stations in those days had news teams of three or four people.
1: You'd have local news. You'd have national sports. You'd have lots of local sports. There's a lot of interest in local sports. You'd have some business news. You'd have some news commentaries. So there'd be a solid hour there from noon until one in the afternoon that would be devoted to news. It was a very large commitment to local programming on the part of many radio stations in Vermont.
0: It's time to get the story behind the story. Interviews with newsmakers, newsbreakers, and your phone calls. Radio Vermont presents
1: The Mark Johnson Show. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much for tuning in.
0: Hope you had a fabulous weekend. But then, the first major change swept the radio industry in the 1980s when, during the Reagan era, the FCC deregulated and reduced news and public affairs requirements. No longer did stations have to have local news and public service programming, and they allowed one company to own an unlimited number of stations.
1: The way it was sold was that this is going to give listeners more opportunity to listen to different types of programs. In fact, it had the opposite effect, because what happened was, foremost, there was a company called Clear Channel. Clear Channel came in and bought radio stations left and right. When I saw them by the radio station in Randolph, I'm not sure what the population of Randolph is, but it can't be more than a couple of thousand. I thought, what are these people doing? What is their target for success here? And what it was is they would have programming coming in from Los Angeles, that they would pipe into every radio station that they owned in the country. So you no longer had local people providing either A, news, or B, music programming. All the DJs were let go, the news people were let go. All they kept was a sales force, and they were very clever to make it sound like you were listening to something that was live in Randolph, but it was actually coming from Los Angeles, and they did this at more than 2,000 radio stations across the country.
0: At the time, Bob was running a seven-minute news show that was syndicated to 13 stations across Vermont.
1: They suggested that I cut it down to 60 seconds, do the headlines of the day, and throw a little disco music behind it. That was really not what I wanted to do.
0: Vermont misses the voices of the newsmakers and people behind the news. Only radio can do that.
1: I was covering Governor Snelling during his second tenure, which started in January of 1991. And I'll never forget, he was at a press conference where he was really angry. And someone, one reporter set him off. And the governor said something to the effect of, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. This is out of control. Now you read that in the newspaper. And you go, and the governor said uh, he wasn't going to stand for this anymore and things were out of control. On my radio it was, as he banged on the table, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. This thing is out of control. Those are two very different experiences listening to it on the radio and reading it in the newspaper. So I've always loved radio because you have the immediacy of someone's voice and the passion and emotion that are also associated with the voice. Greetings to you, ladies and gentlemen, all across the, oh, the entire fruited plain today. We welcome the C-SPAN
0: cameras to WABC News Talk Radio 770 and Rush Limbaugh with yet another excursion into broadcast excellence hosted by me. Let me give you the phone
1: numbers if you want to be part of the program today. Now... All sports or all news sort of the typical syndicated uh, right-wing or left-wing talk shows have taken over so you don't have a lot of local political uh, discussion which I think I think is too bad I, I mean I think you know the the essence of a democracy is that citizens are aware of the issues that affect their lives and when you take that away I think people become a little less interested in participating in a democracy. I've always believed that the democratic form of government only works if people are informed and act accordingly to whatever their beliefs are. And sometimes I get worried in this new media landscape uh, that that is under assault. Live from the coop, Ken Squire with you on music to go to the dump pipe.
0: That's Ken Squires of WDEV, the longtime owner of the Waterbury Bay station that runs local news, a noontime news show, and several local talk shows. There are also some low-power stations like in Plainfield, WGDR, and in Waitsfield, Brattleboro, and Burlington that focus on local programming. And, of course, Vermont Public Radio, where Bob now hangs his hat. In 10 years at VPR, they've grown from two new staff to 13 and have become the statewide radio community. So we've gone from 40 family-owned stations to one statewide station and a few local stations in several communities. But what does the future hold? Perhaps a new generation of journalists will continue the tradition of local radio in Vermont. Or maybe it's podcasts. But if one thing is sure to stay, it's the unique stories that live through our radio programs, like time capsules from different eras of our ever-changing state. Change, after all, isn't necessarily a bad thing. This has been a special edition of Mud Season as part of our series on Vermont's changing media landscape. This episode was edited and researched by Abby Steinhauer, written by Richard Watts, and produced by me, Eliza Giles. We had a lot of fun collecting clips from Vermont radio shows of the past and present for this episode. If you have any recordings of your favorite shows, we urge you to share them online or send them to us at crvt at uvm.edu. If you like this episode, be sure to keep up with future episodes at mudseason.com. That's mudseason.com, M-U-D-S-E-N.com. And of course, be sure to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And also be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow CRVT on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also Mud Season on Instagram. The handle is at Mud Pod. We also have a pretty cool newsletter that covers new research pertaining to the state of Vermont. Receive two awesome newsletters a month in your inbox when you subscribe on MailChimp. It's free, of course. And as always, thanks for listening.